4: Are you ready for day number two of our Hollywood Scandal Week? Well, ready or not, here we come with another riveting story from the golden age of Hollywood. I'm Alicia Rye. And I'm Sarah Wendell. Welcome to Love Struck Daily,
2: where we bring you scandalous true Hollywood stories every day this week. All right, Alicia, today we are taking a deep dive into a very specific story, but I need to share with you an image, and I I put it in the chat. Okay. This is a still from the movie The Outlaw. Whoa. Right? This was one of the most scandalous images of Jane Russell. Would you maybe try to describe this image? I'm going to share with you another one that was also used as as a movie poster and still for this. But try to describe what is happening with this person
4: in this hay bale. Okay, so it's who I assume is Jane Russell. That is indeed Jane Russell. Isn't she gorgeous? Um, again, I do have like a, a block up against pop culture before the eighties. Oh, there's only so much pop culture you can stuff inside your brain, as I know. Uh, yeah, and and older pop culture, especially American pop culture, I'm not really clear clear on. But this is Jane Russell. I can't tell if she's wearing a bra or not, but her boobs look amazing. They are just astonishingly good. They're like either a feat of engineering to make it look like she's not wearing a bra or or she's not wearing a bra and she is kind of splayed in a haystack like it looks like a romance novel cover, but without the dude, like yeah, you know, standing over her, and she's got a gun in her hand very suggestively uh on her lap and and her her shoulder is like like sharply out. She looks gorgeous. Like she is gorgeous. I love her face. It's so interesting. This is one half of a clinch cover, right? Yeah, this is one half of a clinch cover. And but she's like, I mean, she's beautiful. Her legs are amazing. Like her light, her skirts kind of like pushed up, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's half of a clinch cover.
2: Yeah. So this image was so scandalous. It was used to market this movie because it was so outrageous to have her yeah. breasts like that and her legs like that and the gun and the hay and the pose. Right. Everything was super scandalous. And there were so many narratives spun out of that image about Jane Russell, about the movie, about Howard Hughes, who directed it. And today we are going to welcome back our favorite Hollywood history professor, Jay Mollarchea, to talk us. Through the scandalous story of Howard Hughes and Miss Jane Russell. Now, I want to go to one of Professor Mellorshay's classes at West Virginia University. Now, because he specializes in film and theater history and he knows his stuff. But this is probably the next best thing. We are going to take a look at a really scandalous series of images and stories. Welcome back, Professor Mellorshay. Yes this scandal comes with custom bras. Who was Howard Hughes? And who is Jane Russell?
1: He was a millionaire. He was a millionaire who fancied himself a, a mogul a studio head. Yeah. He wanted to make movies. Uh, he was into uh, early sort of adventure action movies like Hell's Angels and things like that, which was about flyers in World War One. So he had a sense of uh, adventure and He built a spruce goose, which was a kind of a laughing stock, but it was actually, he was kind of the Elon Musk of his time, if you want to look at it that way. You
2: know, that's not a bad comparison.
1: You know, whether he had a sexual relationship with Jane Russell, that's debated. I mean, that's how Mm -hmm. strange his relationship was.
2: He was just strange, generally. He was a weird, weird person.
1: Right, and especially his later years, his OCD and everything and he was just and you know, he was a germaphobe who had a kind of a really bad hygiene, which seems to be an oxymoron. Right? How do you how do you hate germs but you don't wash? Right? Anyway, he, he kept to himself and he was he was his own man, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and he was used to having things his way because of his money and his power. And I think I think what he did with Jane Russell was sort of scandalous, but not in the sexual way. I think it was scandalous more in the The treatment of another human being, whether it's male, female, or anything, just the treatment of someone to say, I will use you as a means to an end and not an end in yourself.
2: Yes. It's very dehumanizing and objectifying.
1: Absolutely. No matter the
2: person involved.
1: And the fact that he could make his money do what he wanted it to do uh, led Mm -hmm. to him buying RKO Studios, which was always in financial stress. Uh, in fact, when he got rid of it, eventually was bought by Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball to be the house of Desilu Studios. Was the the old yep. RKO. So what what Howard Hughes meant to Hollywood was another studio, but a studio that was run not with a lot of skill. Huh. He made basically B. He made B movies, but paid. A prices.
2: So he made cars that catch fire that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars,
1: basically. Well, that's yeah. You know, in a you know, in, in a film sense, yes.
2: Yeah this this comparison is perfect.
1: Although I'll tell you what, <laughs> he hired the best marketing people and photographers for those pictures, like Jane Russell's haystack picture.
2: I've seen this picture, this very famous picture of Jane Russell in a haystack with her. Like, mm-hmm. I think her shoulder's out of her socket almost. And, like, it is just, woo, it's very salacious, even for then and even now. Please, please tell me everything about this.
1: What I read was that Jane Russell was not not too uh, unhappy to pose in a kind of a, you know, pin-up girl cheesecake pose. But yeah. she was upset that even before Photoshop, they had elongated her cleavage and raised yep. her skirt a little bit, maybe put a... a a little, uh, I don't know what you would call it, a little tear in her skirt. Um, Because in the movie, she's raped on that haystack. And it's just the weirdest thing to market your film with that image.
2: When the actual scene is not the same thing. Yes. That is really shocking.
1: And he marketed that movie, The Outlaw, which is what that picture's from, in 1942. Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to be released in 43. But it didn't get released because... uh, of the production code having trouble and he wanted to to milk it and so he kept saying coming soon watch jane russell uh, as you've never seen her before and so in 46 it was released in i think san francisco in a small and then it it like every 3 years it would get another marketing campaign and eventually mm-hmm. I think it grossed like $20 million, which was really good for a kind of a hit-or-miss movie. But it was all the the drive of people who wanted to see what the mystique of Jane Russell's breasts were.
4: We'll be right back after this short break.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought...
1: You know, the, the way Howard Hughes made movies was he said, I want to make movies for the male gaze, basically. That's that was his job in his mind.
2: And and lo and behold, it seems to have been very profitable then and now.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Gene Harlow, Jean Harlow was maybe his earliest uh, discovery. Uh, yeah. Platinum blonde, um, you know, where where Jane Russell had the breasts, Gene Harlow had the hair. And that platinum blonde look, of course, carried over to Marilyn Monroe in, in The Next yes. Generation, so to speak. Yes. But Jane Russell was a working actress. Mm-hmm. She, well, she didn't go out to be some kind of a bimbo. But Howard Hughes treated her as eye candy in any movie he made with her. Yes, he did. And I think, I think she resented that because she was – remember, she acted in things like Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. I mean, she, she had a really nice – kind of skill set for musical, dance, acting, comedy. She could do a lot of great things. She was a fabulous, uh, you know, party to any Hollywood film. But Howard mm-hmm. Hughes abused her, not just, you know, in in, in a kind of a, a casting way, but he abused her because he didn't let her, her full talents play out in any role. Uh, no. The men in his movies tended to be very domineering of her and i think he was just playing out his own fantasies with her as as he did with many of the actresses he worked with and you mentioned earlier in the introduction to this this section her bra he wanted he wanted those to be (laughs) as who was it bob hope introduced her once um the two and only jane russell i think he introduced her that way god the whole idea of of Using those, the uh, you know the breasts as as the as the marketing ploy, he wanted to create a new bra type for her. Holy cow! That would look like she wasn't even wearing one—a gravity-defying bra—and it was a complete failure. And Jane Russell was frankly embarrassed by it. So she basically used some tissue paper and whatever it was at hand, and built herself up to the point where she looked the way. Howard Hughes wanted her to look, but was not wearing right. his bra and didn't tell him she wasn't wearing his bra, and he thought he was <laughs> a genius. So it's sort of like, you know, uh, somebody's going to win it. It was all his time. <laughs> yeah, well, right. And, and you know, if, if there's nothing uh, to be said about Hollywood, it is that it is uh, the razzle dazzle and the illusion.
0: And oh, so, yes. Absolutely you know, right. she
1: had the razzle and the dazzle, and uh, she kept the illusion up at least as long as the cameras were rolling in, in that costume. So that's that's the story of the bra. I don't think he ever tried to sell it to anybody. But you know, in my lifetime, in the in the sixties and maybe early seventies, Jane Russell was a spokesperson for Playtex bras.
2: I hope that paid so well for her. I hope well, she made mad bank. <laughs>
1: well, you know, it, and and there's a certain point in your career where you have to say, "This is what they want to see, and they'll pay me to see it." You know, yep. um, she wasn't a fool, but I think also she almost probably was winking. You know, saying I know what you want, and oh, absolutely, the Playtex bra, yeah. ladies, will give you that Jane Russell mystique.
2: It's like uh, Jessica Simpson becoming spokesperson for Starkiss tuna because she once made a very famous dumb joke. I think about yes. how how could it be chicken of the sea if it's not chicken, and then later exactly. became a exactly. spokesperson. Like you go, girl.
1: <laughs> That's right. You, you know, you got to turn those lemons into lemonade, right?
2: Yeah. So when you look at cases like this and stories like this, and then the current way in which films are marketed, where they're very much marketed based on a single image or two, you have stills released. There's a huge Instagram campaign. Now, TikTok is part of marketing the visual trying to come up with the visual for a movie seems like a a, a relatively new concept, but it's not at
1: all. Is it? Oh no, no, no. It, you know, marketing of films advertise. I mean, it's big collector items, you know, early movie posters, and, you know, I, I belong to like a Marx Brothers council on Facebook, and, you know, they, they're they finding pictures and publicity stuff that will blow your mind that the Marx Brothers would stand around and do these these poses, but they understood that it paid off in butts in the seats, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And Howard Hughes, as, as dehumanizing as the technique was, he wasn't wrong to market a film based on a scandal about the film.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And because the public will naturally gravitate toward the most, the, the sickest, most depraved reading of any situation.
2: Absolutely. That's what they want.
1: And and they've been trained to do that, sadly, instead of something that is, you know, uplifting and positive. But, you know, you were talking about today's movies, and, you know, you have these Marvel Universe costumes and yep. you know they're based on characters and comic books but the the audience absolutely is looking for a certain type when they're yep. watching those heroes yep and it's 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 that eye candy as well you know oh, tom yeah. cruise in the in the top gun remake you know i mean anybody who's had a career like tom cruise has to be so aware of his image
2: Absolutely.
1: And, and you know, it, it, it's one of those things where if he strays or if things come out about him, and I know there's been rumors his whole career, based on either jealousy or just, in, you know, an attempt to, to pull him down a peg uh, mm-hmm. because he is so important. You know, uh, I tell my friends my favorite Tom Cruise performance is in Tropic Thunder. You know, Tom Cruise is unrecognizable in that right? You know, he's yeah, in a fat suit, him. he's got a bald bald plate, and it's it becomes this kind of almost mockery of what Tom Cruise is about. But it's Tom Cruise wanting to make a statement about the powerful people he's come up against and fought with his whole career. So he's able to satirize people by using an image that he's trading on their looks instead of his own good looks. So yes. he's, he's different from Jane Russell in that bra commercial. He's not playing yeah, Tom bit. Cruise. He's playing the opposite of Tom Cruise, whereas Jane Russell is playing the woman that you want to be.
2: Yeah, it's a completely different fan engagement strategy.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: So I imagine you're one of the people who still owns a VCR because you watch all of these classic movies. Do you have them on VHS and watch them on a VCR?
1: Uh, no, you know, um, what I've been doing – is, uh, and here's a trick for your listeners, the library.
2: Oh, this is a good trick.
1: I'm a, a lot big of, fan. A lot of libraries have DVD collections already. Yep. And if they don't, you can take advantage of interlibrary loan. Yep. To get almost any, I mean, I have gotten discs from California, from Canada, some rare discs. So, yeah, interlibrary loan is a way to get for free, almost any DVD you want. I've never heard a librarian say, don't make me work. Every <laughs> librarian true. I've ever met in my life has very been tense. very grateful to be used. I
2: agree with that. Where can people find you on the internet if you wish to be found?
1: Um, well, you could email me at, at my page on the West Virginia University Theater, School of Theater and Dance. Mm-hmm. That's sort of my official email. Mm-hmm. That's probably the, the one that'll stay around the longest. and. uh you know, I think if people want to find me, they can find me uh, as long as they know how to spell Molarche. right? <laughs> That's the toughest thing. It's it's sort of like, it's like a, I don't know if you know the word shibboleth. It's the thing yes. that they have to be able to do to gain entry. If they can yes. spell my name right, they can find me. There aren't good many Malarches around.
2: For this episode's Love to Go, we're going to toss it back to Dr. Malarche, who has really good ideas.
1: I think, you know, since since your your podcast deals with love in all of its forms... Let's 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 stick with the idea of love, you know. Spencer Tracy and Katharine Hepburn absolutely loved each other.
2: Absolutely. And if
1: that's a scandal, you know, they deserved. And Howard Hughes absolutely loved breasts. <laughs> Very well played, sir. Thank you. <laughs> that's the nugget. You wanted the nugget. I gave you a nugget.
2: That's actually two. Um, given yeah. the topic here. Thank you so very, very much for joining us. This has been so much fun and I had the best time and now I have like a list of movies that I want to go watch again. (laughs) (laughs) So now that you know more about the story behind the image, the image is is even more impactful, right?
4: It is more impactful. And what's wild to me is that the link you sent me is from Amazon. Like you can buy this as a poster. It's a very, very famous image. Yeah, One of her most iconic poses and the story behind it is kind of like, that's unsavory that she didn't know that he was going to edit it that way. Like, but that kind of gets lost decades later. And you're just like, oh, wow, what a gorgeous spin-up poster to put on my bathroom.
2: It's wild, right?
4: Yeah, really but wild. It's really wild. Yeah.
2: Well, tune in tomorrow because we are going to start talking about the present. The present of Hollywood gossip and Hollywood Ooh, I'm celebrity, so excited. we have a very special guest. You will not be disappointed to join us tomorrow. It's going yes. to be so
4: much fun. I, I'm so excited. I love I love present day Hollywood gossip and I love our next guest for our next two episodes.
2: But if you would like to tell us your piece of Hollywood gossip that you love most, please email us at lovestruckdailyatfrolic.media. If you've got a love story to share, we would love to hear that too. If you would tell us how much you love a particular story from old Hollywood, I absolutely want to hear it. But if you leave us a review, we will love you forever and ever and ever and ever. Mm. Our researcher is Jesse Epstein. Our editor is Jen Jacobs. We are produced by Abigail Steckler and Little Scorpion Studios with executive producer Frolic Media. This is an iHeartRadio podcast. We wish you a very, very comfortable, uplifting, happily ever after like a good book. Oh, yo, yo, yo,
4: yo, yo. I'm in love with you, yo, 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 there ain't no more to say to you, but out of courtesy you should know, I'm in love with you, I'm in love with you.